He didn't slam you. He didn't bump you. He didn't nudge you. He rubbed you. And rubbing son is racing. And welcome everybody to Locked On iRacing. It is week two of season four, 2021. I am one of your hosts, Peter Wilco Wilkinson. I am joined tonight by Braden Martin. How you going, mate? Good. I got the call up for second spot today. Very happy. Mate, after your race on Thursday night, I thought I'd let you beat Alex McKellar home for once. So welcome, <laughs> Alex McKellar, to the podcast as well. Thanks, mate. Great to be here again. Looking forward to it. Uh, these two are going to be fighting all night if I if the street <laughs> if the race on Thursday is any indication. Um, look quickly before we get into the shenanigans, we will quickly talk about thank you for listening to the podcast. You guys are legends. Uh, we're currently charting in three five countries around the world, so thank you everyone who's helping us out on iTunes and for Spotify as well, uh, Google Play, all those kind of stuff. Leave us a review if you can. Uh, share us with your friends, all that kind of stuff. Make sure that people who enjoy A, racing and also I racing are listening to us if they can. Shout out to the Canadian folks who are, who are listening to us as well. Uh, and well done to Alex Bergeon for getting uh, in the ninth in the first round of the World Rally Car Championships. We'll talk about that soon. That stuff will be brought to you by CD Cintography, uh, Brewster Coffee, 24-7 Race Control and driversclub.net.au. In a sec, we're going to talk about OzPass, and we're going to be talking about Sunday Night Lights, Aussie Car, all that kind of stuff, Anne's Car even. But for now, what have you been up to, Brayden? Yeah, um, quite a bit of driving, actually. Uh, obviously, we had Aussie Car again this week. We went to uh, Mid-Ohio, uh, so that was nice. We'll talk about that a little bit after because we're all involved. Uh, back on the official bandwagon. So did my four officials this week. So officials were at Hockenheim National A, um, which went uh, di- uh, different <laughs> for a couple of different races. How um, many free spots did you get from fuel? People not not filling up with fuel. Yeah, well, when you qualify as high as I do, you don't get too many you free don't, spots. Don't Pete, find so. that out. Sorry. <laughs> no. So, yeah, did a few. Obviously, it was a little bit extra. The races were way too long. Like, I know we're doing a 50-minute race this week for Aussie Car, but just for officials, they just, yeah, wasn't a big fan of the 33-odd-minute race, um, which kind of sucked. So the first one I did went pretty well. It was a pretty low strength of field, only like 1,960 or something. Um, so I managed to go pole on that one and then start the race second and third started battling pretty early and I drove off and ended up winning by 18 seconds. So that was long <laughs> when you're out there by yourself. Um, the second race I did didn't go so well. It was sort of up in the top three again, um, fighting for position. Um, unfortunately got <laughs> hit a few different times, uh, throughout the race. So, um, got hit early going into the hairpin, um sort of side on contact then uh a little bit later going into the first sort of stadium section got uh hit from behind they got another 4x um and the guy who uh sort of bumped me took the position carried on no redress and then later in the race um yeah same sort of thing someone decided to make a really late late dive into the hairpin and Sent me around, so I managed to. I think I managed to survive for sixteenth or something after my car was completely broken, <laughs> um, which was kind of annoying. Almost got disqualified on seventeen X. I know we'll talk about disqualifications <laughs> a little bit soon. 
the third one I did was another pretty decent race. Uh, Sam Devantier took it out. It was too fast. Um, but I had a really good fight with um, someone else. Uh, I can't remember who it was exactly, but we managed to sort of battle for second and third and uh, managed to get third, which is good. Gained some of that I rating back after I was pretty frustrated <laughs> in the uh, in the second race I did. And then the last race was SNL. So I could talk about that because I, again, didn't make top split. Was car number one in the second split for the second week in a row. Um, but managed to put it on pole, which was pretty cool. Um, get that extra pole point and had a really good race with... Um, George Aviles Dominic or something, I think his name is. Um, we were basically on the mics pretty early. He he sort of said like he wasn't going to make any moves, and I wasn't going to really make any moves. And we managed to drive away from Justin Watt in um in third and get a pretty good gap. And then uh, it was one of those ones where neither of us really wanted to overtake each other because we were just happy staying in the draft. And I'd learned my lesson from Thursday, which I'm sure we'll talk about. Um. And, but he kept, when he was in front, he was making a few mistakes here and there. And it got to the point where I was like, oh, I just need to get past him because he's actually costing us time now. And then as soon as I got in front, I was the one starting to make mistakes, probably trying to push a little bit too hard. And then he got back in front, um, but we were still gaining time. So it was okay. And then the last lap, I just choked it, uh, went a bit deep. I had the lead coming into the final stadium section and uh, he put a nose up the inside and it made me go a little bit deep into that hairpin and uh, we ended up going too wide for the rest of the rest of the lap um i had the inside line i managed to hold the inside and keep keep enough momentum to have a decent run into the last turn but he um got a better run on the outside and i didn't realize he'd gone as wide as he had which meant i probably could have t- uh, opened the steering a little bit and carried a little bit more speed but um i obviously didn't and turned a bit sharp and probably washed a little bit of little bit of speed off, which uh, gave him the run. So lost by a tenth, but some good SNL points again, which was cool. I've uh, been doing a few laps for Road America, which has been interesting. It's like pretty fun. Um, good little track. Well, not a good little track. Good big track. But um, yeah, I don't know if my time is there anything to go by. I think we might be all in trouble to, to Alex this week, Pete. I think we're all in a big, oh, big trouble. I'm but... always in trouble to Alex. Don't worry about it. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I did some. I've done a lot of random stuff this week. I did some laps around Zolder in a Lamborghini uh, for for Nathan. He, Good he to see you wanted... branching out, mate. Finally, get out, getting some some fenders on those tires and and, and yeah. trying some different things, mate. Yeah, so he he was looking for someone to compare some lap times with um, around Zolder, so he could try and get a bit faster and get into the amateur class for for Ozpass for this season. Um, so I jumped in for about an hour and managed to gain about two tenths on his best time, um, which was which was good. So hopefully that helped him. There's a couple of spots he was quicker than me. I think I could have got another couple of tenths out of it, but I just couldn't string a lap together. And then today I did some. I did a, a full race in in the Xfinity car, the first time I've ever driven that for maybe a possible Ants car debut. I, I, I don't know. Might <laughs> yeah. see what happens. Just wants to show me up. I, I start getting good <laughs> results. I start looking good, and he's like, "Nah, we'll just." <laughs> We'll fix this guy up. Hey, mate, um, I haven't, I haven't driven yet, and I definitely haven't driven an oval. So anything, anything could happen uh, if I decide to jump in tomorrow night. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, it's at the Charlotte Roval. If you are listening to it, it's going to be interesting. Um, but yeah, it was, uh, <laughs> it was a definitely a learning curve. I didn't realize they made cars on iRacing that didn't have brakes, so that was different. Uh, Breaking uh, at uh, the five hundred and fifty mark. 
into the chicane rather than like the 300 it, mark is a bit different. Yeah, it <laughs> takes forever to pull that thing up and there's nowhere that, that's a nice feel. And, and the same with the last chicane. Like usually you can get right down onto the flat and then you break and then you pull it in, but you're breaking or you're at least lifting anyway right up on the banking as you come down to it. Yeah, it's um, a completely different style of driving. You're not driving <laughs> for any kind of grip. You're literally just driving to not destroy your tires and and just like... Which yeah, was pretty it's, impressive. It's, I, I got my tires down to 52% and you were you were in the 70s. So I don't I know how that six, works. 68 was my worst tire, yeah. Yeah, so... So I was pretty happy with that. I, I messaged Edward Foster. I was sort of asking him, well, to first of all, give me access to the to the thing uh, to the, to the, so I could tee up the practice session. Um, and then, um, you know, he was sort of saying, you know, just try and do 20 odd laps without having a, you know, three or four second drop off of your lap time. And I managed to do my best lap on lap 33 of my stint. So yeah, um, I was pretty happy with that. Yeah. I, I, I was still doing sectors best. I think about the 27 mark, 20, 26 mark, but I also damaged my car with a, a few extra spins that I did that happened to get walls. So I'm going to work on a lot of stuff with that, but. Yeah, we'll talk F1 at the end, I guess. But um, I did, we'll just go straight into it, the Xfinity practice. I did a full 33 lap stint and, and killed my tyres and killed my car and Gould got disqualified if we were racing and still sat 127s, which is what Braden was 126. Uh, my 125, 125.6. Oh, did, did you get to a 125.6? Well, there you go. So you... You're a bit ahead of where I'm at, but I'm still playing around with some things and I'm, I'm just not that good at driving the Xfinity left and right. So <laughs> we'll see how we go. But yeah, I did that. I did, um, I guess the only other really thing I did is actually racing out Anne's car last week in Talladega. We went to Talladega and I stuffed up my quali because I went out of the pits and went to go down and apparently I got a black flag because I exited the pit lane wrong. But in doing that, You've got to cross the start-finish line, which starts your outlap. I've rebooted myself, put me back in, but that had started my first racing lap in the end because I went past. So that started my zero lap. So when I went out of the pits the second time, I had to cross the line again, which started my first of my two laps. So I had my outlap was one was my first actual qualifying lap, and then my second lap was um, my actual only hot lap that I got to go. So you always do your fastest lap on your second lap. So I missed out on that and ended up qualifying about thirty second or something like that. You know, in a fairly long field, about thirty eight. So started down the back, and um, which at Talladega is not too bad a problem. You're going to sit there and just avoid the the crashes and. Uh, we had one pretty much straight away, I think, from memory. Um, I can't even remember what happened in the in the race. It's it's so so long ago, but um, yeah, I got through it. I think that was yeah, it was Talladega. I got caught up in the first accident, um, so it didn't help me at all. Got called into the the commentary booth to to explain what happened, and yeah, lost got some damage. We got it all fixed up and was back out there and was up to about fourteenth at one stage. Uh, worked my way up to there about midway mark. Got um, was was almost right for fuel. Um, tires aren't a problem on a, on a super speedway, um, but then there was a massive crash, and I just happened to be about oh, I was a fair way back from it. But the cars went into the inside, and then they ricocheted up into uh, the rest of the field, which is were about two or three cars ahead of me, and I had nowhere to go. And 
and lost, what do you reckon, 30Ks an hour off the car at about the halfway at mark? At least. Yeah, so no front end. Um, no, everything else was good, just no speed. Uh, we got another yellow, which got me to get about a second and a half, a minute and a half of repairs done on it, which got me up to um, around about the the twenty second, uh, twenty kilometers an hour off the off the top speed. But that was enough to bridge the gap. So when someone came past me, I was actually able to grab on the back to back of them and, and draft with them, which was really good. Uh, which helped me stay two laps down at that stage. It was. No one ahead of me that I could overtake, and there was people with like three or four laps behind me, but got 21st or something like that in, in Anne's car at Talladega with a fair chunk of damage from halfway. It's not too bad. Um, I guess we'll discuss Aussie car in a sec when all three of us will t- get into it. Um, but did SNL with Braden. Uh, unfortunately, I was car four in split three, qualified fifth because I, I just no good on cold tyres. Uh, came out, got a good start, got to turn two, the the, the right, the sharp right-hander, and uh, was braking fairly early, braking well enough, and then all of a sudden the guy in front of me slammed him on, and I had to... I was already starting to turn at the stage, so when I slammed it on to, to avoid him, that just kicked the tail out. And as I was kicking the tail out, the guy behind me came through, and um, I think it was Andre, or Adrian, sorry, um, just clipped my rear which gave me a full spin and put me off into the dirt, uh, bent my rear wing. His tyre came off but then came back on and got a, a 2x for losing control, no 4x for, for damage. Let everyone pass, so came back out. I was already 18 seconds down on the leaders and uh, the back of the field. Kept on lapping, got to about 33 seconds down on the lead and people had to stop for fuel because they didn't realise people were spinning all that kind of stuff. And then I think about laps eight or nine, I got into a, a little bit of a um, t- toe with uh, o- Jose um, Fons. I think it was. Me and him were around about the same speed most of the time we're going around. I couldn't get that last few bit of speed on him coming out of the, in through with the draft. I wasn't quite close enough, but going to the hairpin, I was a good 25 to 50 metres later on braking than him. So every time I would get enough to get right up to his tail and then have to actually avoid him and um, not to hit him. But I was never close enough to do the dive uh, until he made a mistake out of two and I got alongside him and came along. Actually, no, he didn't make a mistake. I just had a really good second half of a lap and, and got right up on his tail and, and made the move happen, made the move stick. I was nose that I was basically alongside him, side drafting with him all the way down that back straight, or that straight before the hairpin, and then uh, knew I had the outbreaking of him and went under, put about half a second on him, and then all of a sudden coming into turn two, he's come from nowhere down the inside, completely um, threw me off because I've had to go wide to avoid him hitting me. Um, I've then come out with side by side, going to the left hander after that right hander. And I've got the inside line. I'm up along next to him, and he's just come straight across me. And he's hit the ripple strip with his tyres. I've had to slam the brakes on to avoid him hitting me and then drop right back. And, yeah, that lost me all momentum, and I just never got the, the chance again to, to get up alongside him. So, But with everyone else that was crashing and all that kind of stuff, we ended up, uh, I ended up seventh after starting fifth. 
the problem I have is, and the bit that frustrates me is, I was only thirty-two seconds up down on the leader by the end of it. Where at the mm. you know twelve twelve laps to go, I'm thirty-three seconds down after everything that had happened. So I was on race pace the whole way through. Um, just once again, a silly mistake. Uh, and some some interesting driving from other people. Um, I feel like <laughs> I'm that guy who's always blaming other people, but I think at this stage, like that was not a good move when he he a dived on me and then b cut me off completely when I was I was still alongside him. And coming out of that straight, I would have had the the braking on him, even though I had the outside. I would have easily got around him and and kept the position, no problems at all. So anyway. I, I wasn't good but, enough to do it any other lap, but anyway. Well, I was going to say, mate, perseverance though, because I'm just looking at the the tally there, mate, and you're equal with points after two rounds with Corey Lane, who's been up the front of the of the top split, and you know you're equal with every, from you're in twenty first, but the, all the way down to twenty third up to eighteenth is on the same amount of points yeah. after two rounds. So, And that's with two results that I'm very not happy with too. So, Yeah. So, mate, you're in it there. So keep persevering, yeah. mate. It's great to see you out there on a Sunday night. Yeah, that's it. I'm getting, I'm getting away with it at the moment at home, so I'll, I'll do it while I can. Um, <laughs> I haven't practiced anything else because I played golf today and that took my whole day. Uh, tell me, tell me you hit them straight though. Did you? I did, did you? hit them straight, and I was nice. I was talking up the five years since I'd actually hit a ball last, and I got up on the tee and smashed it down the center, and they're like, "Yeah, whatever." Um, quick story <laughs> though. So, guy at work, the principal contractor, he's the guy who got me in. It's a charity golf day. They always do it twelve one last the Tuesday of every month that they do it for um, Make a Wish or, or Wish List, um, one of those ones. So they get forty bucks from every entry fee. They do a raffle and all that kind of stuff. He's good mates with a guy called Peter Senior. And Peter Senior usually comes up and plays with him. And he booked him in. He couldn't make it last minute. So I got an invite in. So they didn't actually put my name down. So I was replacing Peter Senior in the team. Nice. (laughs) (laughs) They're like, oh, you're off plus six. And I'm like, oh. Okay. By six. Yeah, that's what he plays <laughs> off around there. So how does um, how does Peter Senior walk around at plus six? I mean, I suppose he's retired and everything, but still. Yeah, that's plus. That's that's whatever his score is. Oh, they add, they on, add six plus, on. They add, oh, hang on, I'm getting not the wrong minus then. six the other way. <laughs> yeah, so on six of the holes, I had the birdie just to just to get <laughs> just to very far. <laughs> yeah, so now nah, we were, we we changed it around after uh, we said okay, well I'm off eighteen, which is what the other guy that was there he was only driving us around, so I ended up being off that. We and played a good round. I was happy with it. Got a birdie, couple pars. Um, so bogeyed almost all every other hole. So yeah, nice. it was good fun. But that's not racing. So, Alex, what have you been up to, mate? Oh, mate, nothing as interesting as you, Lakes. Um, <laughs> Aussie car, of course, which was fun. I put a lot of effort and in, in, in my concentration for this week, and I felt it paid off. Um, from you know, from there, I sort of focused on the SNL stuff uh, and the broadcast. Really enjoyed the broadcast this week. Uh, it was long. I, was, I had an edge myself because I knew the race was going to be so long and the F1 was going to be early and I wanted to wrap it up and get it all done and then every man and his dog jumped in the broadcast booth for an interview afterwards. There were, <laughs> there yeah, were that was, um, we, we had someone in our ears all the way through going 15 minutes to start and 4 minutes to start. <laughs> well, here's the thing, right? The, the SNL race finished right as the F1s were about to literally go green. And then uh, someone was saying to me, it was like 25 minutes worth of interviews. So like, it, was, it was nuts. But Mate, can I, I didn't you, we'll cover... pull you up. That's the main thing. 
Yeah, that's it. But um, the no, no, it was good. It's great to get that sort of uh, engagement with the community, uh, and I call it like the full SNL experience. Um, you know, people get out there, have a great time. They want to come and share that with people, and it's great. So uh, to get that level of engagement is really pleasing for me. Um, uh, but also the race out there, and we'll talk about it later. But it was just amazing finish, like the. The most uh, bizarre finish I've ever seen. I've been doing it for sort of 20-plus seasons. Um, anyway, we'll cover that later. Uh, from there, I shifted attention to Road America. I hadn't sort of driven the track since um, I did the track guide a couple of weeks ago uh, and hopped in goal, Kawabe's uh, Monday night practice session that he puts up, uh, and you do uh, some quality laps for that, and then you hop in and have a race. And the thing is, it's it's again, it's a it's a bit of a community focus uh, for the Japanese eye racing community. So out of the thirty plus drivers that rock up, you know, twenty of them at least would be Japanese. But there are some really high quality guys in there, like uh, Naoya Nagai. I mean, Gokuwabe is pretty handy himself. Takumi Yamato. Um, I was hoping some of our local guys would rock up. A few of them said they might, but they didn't. But anyway, ended up in a front pack of six racing around. Um, and because there's no pressure, it's, it's not, you know, a hosted league or it's not a, an official race or whatever, you're trying stuff. So I've, we figured out that three wide into turn one can work as long as you're not <laughs> racing someone from Japan on a US server. <laughs> right? So, so I, I got, yeah, good to know. But we otherwise it was going to work, you know. Uh, and we tried all sorts of different stuff. And there's guys in there that, you know, when the breakaway happens, they'll lift a bit and bring everyone back in and, and you know, make a good night of it. So that's a lot of fun. I can recommend that to folks. What Watch out. What times were you doing in, on that night? Uh, I qualified undrafted with a, a high 33, I think it was. Um, okay. But it, interestingly, um, the, when I did the track guide, I think it was a 42-degree track. And... Um, I did a 33.7 or 6 or something, 5, yeah. whatever it was. Um, the track was a lot cooler, and I did more laps there last night uh, on Monday night, uh, and, you know, I couldn't beat that time. So okay. uh, interesting. Uh, so maybe the tracks or uh, the times aren't as t- uh, track temperature dependent as we thought, certainly with draft. Like I saw the guy on pole, now he and a guy, he had draft for just, I would suggest, a little bit more than the final sector, so up that big first straight on the run to the line, and he easy got half a second, easy. Okay. So yeah, strategy, and it's an endurance round this week, so it'll be it'll be interesting. Race with a buddy. Yeah. Well, exactly. Other than that, mate, just uh, lap guides. Of course, put out the Road America one on Friday. Apologies to everyone who wants to sit through it. I tried to cut it down, like I think I said before. What did we get to four hours and 45 minutes? (laughs) Well, the first cut of it was, no, the second cut, I think I got down to 36 minutes. So, um, but, you know. I told everyone it was going to be like um, Game of Thrones. You're going to release it a couple seasons apart. (laughs) Something like that. I haven't done. the first four corners, everyone. Enjoy. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't done uh, Buddy Road Atlanta yet, but I've done a couple of laps and I've got a session saved so i'll either use that or do some more but um looking forward to doing that and then for me it was just i watched um the v8 again this week the e-series and uh, of course f1 which i'm looking forward yeah. to having a quick chat about as well okay so quickly if you guys have an f1 jack because i didn't get to watch it 
It was brilliant. So action-packed first lap. It was just the sort of start of the rest of the race, really. Like it was just it was like that for most like most of the way, and and then the rain at the end was just like the icing on the cake that just uh you know just well led to complete heartbreak for Lando. Yeah, like I I felt terrible for him, but Mm. it um certainly yeah certainly made for some interesting radio conversations. I've gone back and watched a couple of videos listening to all the teams and, and the way they went through their decision-making process. And yeah, it was, it was interesting. Uh, even Daniel Ricardo's first, first lap was just so full on. He got this great start, looked like he was almost going to go to the lead, but then basically got, you know, not checked up, but had to tuck back into the draft and then almost got taken by the two or three cars behind him. And then, made about three overtakes all before the end of lap one. Like, it was just insane. Yeah, and then even two-thirds of the way through the race, I was sort of watching it, and there were still sort of five or six cars nose to tail, and it wasn't nose to tail that they couldn't pass. It was just when are they going to pass and where's it going to happen? And some of it was, yeah, absolutely on straights. Others others of it were into corners and legitimate battles. But, yeah, that start from Ricardo, you think he's going to get through, and then there was just nowhere to go with the run. Um you know, it was actually throughout. And that, those final few laps, I mean, just it, you couldn't have written a script that was that dramatic, you know. To see Lando and everyone's backing him in and then the rain comes in. You're right. Watching some of the radio, I, I read an article today. Um, it was a line-by-line breakdown. <laughs> I read the same comparison. article. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, comparison between Ricardo talking to his engineer and Lando talking to his engineer. And for me... Oh, I don't know. It's hard. It's hard. It's probably a harsh criticism to say experience paid out in the end because it felt like more of a mature partnership between uh, Ricardo and his engineer, where they're bouncing off each other to make the right decision. Whereas Lando was sort of all caught up in this all-consuming moment uh, and sort of almost pushed them away. And he told he told him to shut up at one point, which you know, drivers <laughs> yeah. do in the heat of the battle. But in those sort of moments, the difference was, yeah, and uh, the difference was, I think, in the end, experience and maturity doesn't make a difference. I don't know. Lewis comes in when his when his team tells him to, and Lando stays out, thinking that um, he, he not that he knows better, but he's you know he's caught up in that 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 moment. And you know, even watching the last few laps, and the commentary team says, okay, he's twenty four seconds ahead, three laps to go. He's only got to be. He's only got to be quicker for six seconds per lap to get it done, right? And then we all saw what happened after that. Yeah. You know, it was it was yeah, an amazing race. It was it was so like for someone who wouldn't if if there's someone who had just watched their first Formula One race, it was the perfect um, demonstration of just how little grip you have on a slick tire when there's any kind of rain. I I think a lot of people wouldn't probably quite understand the difference if you've never been a racing driver or anything like that. Like watching the cars come out on those groove tires and then watching Lando basically just try his best not to put it on the wall. It's literally like watching like, you know, Bambi on ice just sliding and, and any kind of throttle application almost spins it around instantly. Like 
it and the amount of lap time that you lose trying to do that like it's not like you lose six five four seconds a lap trying to keep it you know in yet you lose 30 40 50 seconds a lap and you know with only four or five laps to go you almost can lose by a lap just by making the wrong decision go from leading to being being lapped it's just yeah it's it's pretty insane the lack of grip that a slick tire has as soon as there's any kind of rain around yeah, out of percent, and it, it just more in eye racing than for sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, the other thing to think about it, I was expecting this round to be so boring, uh, and it was just absolutely anything but start to finish. So, um, yeah, bring it on. The rest of the season is looking good, and and to think that you know Verstappen starts last, right, and then you know you're expecting him to come through the field, but he wasn't, and if not for that rain, he was, you know, midfield mid to upper field and then right call again perhaps I don't know if it was maturity or what but right call and he's he's in P2 and the championship's back on so yeah yeah brilliant race okay so we'll leave V8 Scops no V8 E-Series till the actual race I want to quickly throw to CD Cinematography go check him out Clayton Davies is the legend uh, go get some photos done by him. Just check his Facebook page out and just share the work that he's doing. It's really good stuff. Uh, don't forget 24-7 Race Control. If you do need race control for your races, 24-7 Race Control is the place to go. Find them on Facebook, 24-7 Race Control. So what happened on Thursday night, boys? I know you guys, uh, well, Brayden's sick of seeing your rear end, um, <laughs> Alex, but let's talk about race one. How did, how, what happened in race one from you, mate? Well, I'm just trying to remember what happened in race one. Um, I, what did I start? I think I started second uh, behind Mr. Snell, who put in a, a flying lap, uh, as he does from time to time, which is good. Uh, yeah, and he then keeps on the track. He's pretty fast. Yeah, absolutely. And I know he stuffed Quali, uh, not through like a trying in the, in the second one, but uh, I don't think the one lap Quali favours him. Uh, no. too much. Yeah, he's, he's still struggling to find the way to turn the tyres on in his language. Um, but can I tell you, I really, really enjoyed that first race and the, and the contrast between the first, you know, uh, inverted commas sprint race and the feature race each week is really quite dramatic. In that first race, you got, you know, I think it was half the distance and say nine laps or whatever it was. The intensity is right up there and each each move that you make and where you position your car, each corner is in relation not only to that lap, but you know you haven't got that many if you make a small mistake and someone will take advantage of it to then recover. And so very, very important to stick up um, and maintain the position. And I think that bears out in the racing. People are that little bit more protective of their track position um, and a little bit more willing to... Uh, make a move uh, in that in that first race, which is really good. Um, so for myself, I uh, started second, sort of moved between second and first, and then ultimately boiled down to getting done by Ben on the line again, which is just my story every week when he's up the front. Um, he's it's one of the things that keeps me coming back is how to just crack that nut and get the win ahead of him at some point. And I'm not calling Ben a nut, even though he I will if you want to. It's fine. <laughs> no, it was great, mate. It was a great, fun battle up front. Really enjoyed it. Uh, Braden, race one, mate. Let's let's hear what happened to you because uh, what did you end up coming in that? Yeah, fourth. I had a, a series of fourths. Um, 
again. So I think, I'm assuming my average finishing position must be fourth because I think I've had third, fifth, fourth, fourth so far. So that would make sense then. Um, yeah, just Chasty got up the inside into the hairpin, a qualified third, and then basically just sat on the back. Um, Alex got past me at one stage as well, um, which I thought I was doomed for another finish behind the top four, but um, managed to get a relatively nice move on him um, into at the end of the, the back straight um, and made him lock up a little bit as well, which made him drop off the back slightly, which uh, gave us a little bit less pressure uh, on that back end as well. Um, yeah, just couldn't really get too far. I didn't really know where to make a move and when to make a move and just sort of hung around at the back of the front pack and settled for fourth. It was pretty uneventful. It was intense, but a bit, you know, uneventful for, for me. It was one of those ones where, um, yeah, just nowhere to go when the top two are battling. And yeah, I'll talk about that a little bit more. And in the second race, it's just, yeah, when the cars are too wide and you're sort of stuck there, you kind of got no choice but to just stay there <laughs> it's a bit yeah. it's a bit frustrating there's not much you could do i was a bit annoyed i think i was only like one of two cars in the top eight or so or to get a one x so another two points down the drain there so yeah it was it was a good race i'm not going to complain about coming fourth but get get a bit tired of being that fourth fifth car <laughs> you're <laughs> that you, to be honest the, des- <laughs> the description that you made though that that racing at the front there at uh, mid Ohio in particular, where it's tough to pass as it is, it's it you know it does get frustrating when you are you know you feel like you're in a position to make a pass up the inside of the guy in front of you, and lo and behold, the guy in front of him's in that spot defending yeah. from you know on the inside of the quarter or whatever it is, yeah. and it yeah it just makes it really tough. I mean, it's hard enough to pass that as it is, let alone trying to move forward in a pack. So that's what I was saying about people were quite. Uh, protective of their track position um, and it made it hard to move forward. And it's one of those tracks as well, if you don't make the pass, you could lose two doing it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly right. You did lose two doing it, I think. (laughs) Oh, that's race two. We'll get on to race two in a sec. Uh, Race one, I qualified 16th. with. uh, I was pretty happy with my qualifying. I put in a good lap. Um, I think I stuffed up one of the laps, but, but got there in the end and 16th was good. Um, I, I mentioned it during the stream. I was about three major pucker moments where I was going around a corner and someone would lose it. And I would just, for the first time, pick the right way to go. Um, and watch, I think Stuart Crawford at one stage, lose it on that fast right hander over the back, um, and watch him slide and, and just pick to go inside instead of outside and, and watch him slide off. There was a, another couple of moments too, where I just, slowly watch someone slide out of the way and, and, and go past. But um, had a few battles. We had um, Dennis Hancock come from behind, go through ahead of me, and then sort of after watching all these cars disappear. And uh, I think at one stage uh, someone lost it, which sort of checked up me and Dennis, which then lost our, our draft with those guys, and we never quite got that back up. But then I uh, just sat there watching the back of Dennis's car for the last probably four or five laps, just watching him, uh, learning what he was doing, uh, and then knowing I was I, I could get past him at some stage, but then got to the last lap and well, oh, this is the, this is my only and last opportunity. So 
knew he would he pulled the right hand side on the after the first hairpin going down that back straight pull the inside and defend so I just went to the outside knowing that I could just hold it around and I would just keep the inside line for the next left-hander uh, which did happen and I I've been practicing that that holding that inside line and getting a good kick out of it and not having to drift over to the right and that's what happened and I just got probably three quarters of the car length in front of him and Dennis being Dennis was good enough to go well let's not push this any further and sort of pulled out of the right-hander um, and, and let me get in front of him and that was the end of it so I picked up that one position in the last lap and end up coming home 14th which I was really happy with I, I'm a bit disappointed that obviously I got checked up a little bit and, and didn't get to go for 13th or 12th but very very happy with 14th overall um felt like I was, I was a lot quicker and a lot more consistent this week um and then yeah we had race two but uh <laughs> you guys talk amongst yourselves about race two because the race two was all about you guys for 95 percent of it <laughs> oh that uh, it was it was good you know and I, I said to brad before um i, I really thought because he and i got away so i, I jammed it on after the one lap, which I obviously I was pretty pleased about. I was focused on trying to get bonus points this week to try and bridge the gap to AJ up top. Um, and that extra point helps. Then uh, we managed to just gap, and I think it must have been battling behind us that just gave us that little bit of an edge. And, of course, um, uh, Ben qualified poorly. He made a couple of mistakes. Still managed to put a time in, but was down about uh, 13th or something. or something, yeah. Yeah, something like that. And that gave us a chance. And, and I, I was actually sitting there saying, you know, if we work together the right way, uh, if there's a chance, it'll just be Braden and I. And I was actually backing Braden in for his first win. I was thinking, you know, I'm going to battle him, but this is as good a chance as any for him to crack it for his first win. Um, and then uh, the round of pit stops, Ben had made his way back up to the that second pack that was probably, I think they were about three seconds behind us by the time we pitted. Yeah, and so I, it was I, almost 3.3 at one yeah, stage. Yeah, 3.6 yeah. at one stage, I think, which yeah. was before he came in. Yeah, and then I, I watched his stream back and I saw how he did it. He absolutely threw that thing into the pits, right, and he gained about one and a half seconds on pit entry alone. Yeah. Uh, and then so he's come out, he's jumped James and, the, and AJ, and uh, and he was about one and a half seconds behind us. Uh, and then uh, for whatever reasons, we actually we held that gap for a while, didn't we? Yeah, we did. And then, yeah, and, and then we started battling. Yeah. yeah, basically, as soon like as soon as I saw that pit stop and you know pit transit, I was like, oh, well, this I'm screwed now because I just knew how fast <laughs> he was. I'd seen that he'd been off track, so I knew that he wasn't going to be worried about any kind of off tracks or. You know anything of that nature, although I think him pushing a little bit too hard and taking it really wide actually probably slowed him down a few times, which probably helped us hold that gap a little bit longer than we may have. Um, and basically, as soon as I saw him get to that one second mark, it was I need to be in front of you yeah, so that yeah. he because I know he's going to get me pretty easily. And I was hoping that you know maybe you might be able to fight him for a bit longer or you might not want to give up that track position and it might mean that I have a chance uh to get away um but i couldn't make it past you and then by that time it was yeah it was and you know in hindsight i probably should have left maybe maybe a, a lap longer but my idea was i wanted to win and not come second so yeah. if i um i felt like if i stayed behind you and let him get to me he was going to get that position straight away anyway so 
it was kind of like, it was a risk, but it was interesting because earlier in the race, I felt like I was not battling. It wasn't like I was necessarily trying to, but I couldn't quite seem to get like that the draft wasn't working mm. the way I was hoping. Mm. And it was interesting going back and watching Ben's uh, stream. And I, I was like, oh, Alex was like a bit, not annoyed, but like saying, oh, like, what are you doing? What are you doing, Braden? What are you doing? I was like, what, what was I doing? I didn't even know what I was doing. Um, and it wasn't really until I reflected after and went, oh, okay, well, obviously, yeah, I wasn't really getting to the passing point. But in the ra- when it was the race, it was kind of like, I was like, oh, you know, Alex will lift off a little bit here and I'll, sl- I'll slot in. And then you didn't. And I was like, yeah. oh, okay, that cost us a yeah. bit of time. And then after a yeah. couple of times, I was like, oh, okay, this isn't the best way to do it. And then by yeah. that point, we, we were, and it was interesting because we were still gaining time, but it probably yeah, well, wasn't as much as what we could yeah. have. And I think yeah. I think that probably didn't help as well because I was like, oh, well, we're still getting away from them. So I must be mm. doing something right. But uh, mm. yeah, probably, yeah, just inexperience and not knowing the track and not having enough practice with other cars. It took me too many laps to realize that the draft wasn't enough to get the complete overlap, which meant that it wasn't worth trying to leapfrog. Mm. It was easier mm. just to stay behind. So, Yeah, look, mate, you're 100%. The draft and the skips is just not what it used to be. And absolutely, if 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 you'd sort of got um, the, the position and I thought it was going to be fast, I would have absolutely backed off and let you through. Yeah. What I found, though, is that if you get, you know, a third of the way there, half the way there, and the lead car backs off, you actually lose time. Yeah. And do you know what was really interesting last night's practice at um, uh, at Road America? Uh, as I was trying to bridge a gap to get back to the leaders, I saw two cars on their own side by side, just side drafting each other. Like one could get up and get beside it. Same thing happened at Le Mans, and they can't get past. And those mm. cars side by side were actually pulling away from me. Yeah, in a straight line. We found, we found that at Dover in a bit of our practice mm. session that side mm. drafting was actually better than. than yeah, and it was the same. At- like you said, the same at Le Mans as well. The only difference yeah, was actually, at yeah. Le Mans, in all our practice, we had only done that sort of with two or three sort of cars, not expecting that when you have six cars in the line, that is actually faster than to just tuck in behind and almost be like a bobsled. And yeah. and like I remember I had I was just off the back of the the train, like 0.5 seconds. And the train at Le Mans was actually getting away from me. And I was like, what's going on? This doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Um, so, yeah, it, it was. It, it is interesting, though, because I guess it's it's different. With, with Dover, we found, I guess, the difference there is you guys in Dover were side by side, but not really side drafting yep. around everything. You were holding each other up in the corners and stuff like that because me and Tim could, could um, swap and change and we were catching you guys pretty quickly. Um, so that was working when it's well-timed, especially with, with Dover where you can go high and, and get that run down the hill when you cut back in and late apex it. But um, I guess that was also a, a problem of the three wide at the front was making that seem better, uh, seem bigger than it was. But yeah, side drafting at Le Mans was actually better, what I found, Um Except for you had to had to know that person next to you because if you didn't know that person next to you, um, everything was going to happen. So, but, and I guess yeah. the thing I probably missed was at the end of that second race as well. Um, coming into that, so Ben got me. I think must have been the second or last lap. We were sort of halfway through the second or last lap, and then um, because of all the battling, we let AJ catch up as well. And then coming into that last section after the back straight, 
uh, you and Ben were sort of going side by side as he was trying to take the win. And um, I had an awesome run, just nowhere to go with it. And then got sort of not checked up, but it meant that I probably picked the wrong lane. I probably should have taken the, the inside lane and AJ snuck up and, and stuck his nose in. And then I, in the, you know, probably giving him too much room and trying not to, to crash us both took it off track as well and then lost lost another position to AJ so it would be safe to say I was pretty annoyed after the race I think uh <laughs> I uh, removed myself from the discord for a few minutes and then <laughs> took a little bit of time to myself but yeah it was just not ang- just frustrated like it was a race like I like you said that maybe I could have had another chance to to win and I've thrown away a couple uh, over the last season and a half so yeah well, well it's, not, it's what, not far away from the, from the back of the field, there was a very, very, very different flavor to the to the race. I can tell you that right now. So, um, my computer decided to to lag out my quali lap, which oh, I right. must admit felt like it was an absolute. Like it, I nailed that lap, but it it, it I waited for ages because it was red barring on my screen. Got about halfway around the out lap and it stopped. Went back to green, was fine. I'm like, oh, sweet, excellent, no problems at all. Got across the start finish line and didn't get the um, the uh, sector comparison screen uh, bar come up, and that was my first red flag. I'm like, no, no, it's fine, it's fine. It came up when I finished the first sector. I'm like, this is probably not good. But let's go and absolutely nailed it and um, got got across the line and no no time recorded and I was yeah not happy. Um, started thirty second, which is not ideal because you've got to make a right hand and then a left hand turn before you even get onto the start finish line um and from there uh saw jamie willits come flying down the inside got to watch cow one of the locked on guys get checked up and then locked up and then sent sideways into a flying jamie willits who was going way too fast in the turn one for anyone's business uh got to see cow ricochet from jamie back into Leon and roll Leon and then I had to come to a stop to avoid that so not only started 32nd but then was probably a couple seconds off the tail person um by the end of the first both by second turn so um however avoided a few crashes drove smart watched some people make some mistakes found myself three four laps in into 20th and I'm like okay that's that's a good jump 12 positions in in a handful of laps this is feeling good I'm feeling quick get up behind Ira. Ira starts to fight a little bit more. Um, and, and obviously Ira's a bit quicker. So I'm starting to get to those people who are closer to my speed uh, and just make a mistake coming out of turn one. Um, lose a little bit. Lose three positions because I lost the tail a little bit and had to connect it back up. Got those two positions back. Uh, made another mistake. Um, I can't even remember where it was now. It might have been turn two or something like that. Just going in a bit hot, trying to overtake someone. Uh, lost another position, then got up behind Vic uh, about what lap six or seven or something rather, and coming down the back straight. And Vic's like, uh, take the inside. And I'm like, sweet. Went down the inside. Went a little bit hot in because I was watching where he was on the left, and 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 just missed the right hander at the end of the straight. And then all of a sudden, found myself plowing into the the grass and the sandpit and then find out that someone has missed their apex even further and absolutely KO'd me and put the foot down, meatball, toe job. That's the end of six, seven, seven and a half minutes of um, 
of uh, pit repairs to get me back on the road. So watched you guys battle for a bit and then realised that I said race and not and not repair or whatever it was and jumped back in. Oh, sorry, my beat ball disappeared. So I'm like, oh, I can finally race. I'll go back in and um, just followed Darren Lassoul around six laps down just to make me feel better about myself. Got like 29th or 30th or something like that. So, yeah, a, a race of definitely what could have been um, with two major issues going on. But, yeah. Yeah, mate, I'm sorry to hear your night went like that. Um, it makes it tough. Uh, but can I tell you, like in contrast, uh, I just wanted to compliment everyone in that front pack because if anyone's watched the broadcast, and I know it doesn't make it easier for folks like yourself who's had a rough night, Wilco, but um, the quality uh, of the racing in general was, was outstanding. Um, yeah, if you go through that for, those final couple of sectors, through the S's uh, and then up over into Thunder Valley, and you're constantly side-by-side throughout, and you're talking two, three deep side-by-side, I didn't even get a zero X, no contacts. Yeah. Um, and you're constantly thinking, am I going to get past that person in front or am I going to get overtaken by the person behind? And, and you know, and, and it really, you had to think as much as you did, you know, uh, try to steer the car because, um, you know, in the first race, I remember Ben said, oh, did you lift through that final thing? And I said, yeah, I did because I knew if I kept pushing, there was every chance James was going to overtake me sort of thing. And you're having to have those thoughts on the fly under that yeah. sort of intense pressure throughout and the quality never dropped. So congratulations to the guys in that front sort of six or eight cars. And I noticed your new signing, is it Harrison Mitchell? Yeah, Harrison he, Mitchell had a great one. Yeah. He actually overshot his pit bay and still finished where he did. So <laughs> yeah, nice. had to chuck in reverse and go back. So, yeah, no, he's doing very well. So looking yeah, forward to so, seeing what he can do. Yeah, and it's it's getting real tight up the top there, but both in the in the individual and the team. So it's shaping up yes. to be a good season. Definitely is. Um, yeah, I think the biggest frustration for me that it was the same person who took me out the same way as last week in the same spot on the car too. Um, that was the biggest thing. It had it hit anywhere else on the car, we would have been fine. But anyway, it is what it is. And, uh, hopefully I'll get better. And like I put so much practice in and I was as quick as I've ever been compared comparing myself to the, the other guys around me. So anyway, it happens. Well, mate, there's, there's a light at the end of the tunnel then, right? Yeah, definitely. I feel like I can get better, and that's that's the main thing. So, good, anyway, good. let's move into the news because we are nearly an hour into the the ninety minute <laughs> podcast. Are we ninety minutes, or are we only an hour podcast? I can't remember anymore. But uh, news is brought to you by driversclub.net.au. Head over there, give them some money, race some cool races. Uh, hopefully, it's all back up and running soon. Uh, but driversclub.net.au, twelve months for ten bucks, really good deal. Um, Brewster Coffee, b r e w s t r dot coffee. Go help out Ashley Knowles get um, even more reviews on um, coffee shops around the world and find out a new little haunt that you might like to drink some coffee at near you that someone else can has reviewed. Uh, I was talking to him during the week about it. We're apparently, thank you to everyone who's helping out. His um, SEO is going really well uh, because of the, the stuff that we're doing with him. So congratulations, mate, and thank you to everyone who's helping that out. But let's head into the news uh, so we're going to quickly go to a pre-recorded bit. So we had Bathurst 1000 happen a couple of weeks ago. You heard from uh, Madison Down last week. You heard from Jay Kennedy wrap it up last week. But obviously we had the controversy 
of the crash with two laps to go. It sort of flared up a little bit with the the way it was dealt with. And look, I didn't understand why the controversy came about, but it did. Three enduros in a row, three big controversies. But we got Mike from Scops to come on and actually uh, explain their decision-making process. So take it away, Mike. And welcome back to the podcast, Mike. How are you going? Very good, thank you, sir. Thank you for having me on again. No problems at all. It seems like we have an enduro. We need to get you on to clear up the air. How? What is it with you and bloody enduros? Another enduro, another drama. Isn't that? Is that I think that's what we've got to have. We, we hit three, hitting a hundred, a thousand. Sorry, isn't that the baseball term? Hitting a thousand, batting, batting a thousand, yeah, batting a thousand. Yeah, so far it's, it seems to be that way a bit, doesn't it? So this week, this this race, <laughs> we had the Bathurst one thousand a couple weeks ago. So we yep. talked about it down. We've yep. talked to Jay Kennedy. We've got yep. all the stuff from the winners and the results and stuff like that. But obviously, we talked with Jay and Madison about this incident that happened with a couple laps to go where the podium shuffled dramatically. And, yeah. and obviously, the championship has now shuffled dramatically from, from a, 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 let's say, okay, so Corey Shepard, Hampstead came to grief uh, coming down Conrad. Yep. Uh, towards the chase. Yep. Hampstead did amazingly well to keep this car from going anywhere but back on the road. That was impressive, an wasn't it? That was yeah. a good bit of driving. Yeah, well, that's it. He, oh, he should get in the rallycross, I reckon. Him and him and a few others go in the rallycross. That'd be really good. But um, And to then pull it up from where I oh, was amazing anyway. But uh, from there, probably half a lap later, we see Corey Shepard banging into walls. We see Hampstead, unfortunately, blowing an engine. Yeah. Um, obviously, someone was at fault. You had yep. to make a call, and people yep. aren't happy with their call. So, no. Well, okay. Let, let's not let's not say people. Let's say some people. Okay. Some that, people. There, there was criticism amongst the ranks. Okay. So cool. So explain to us, my my listeners and me, what happened from your perspective. Okay. So you're on one. You're on lap one fifty nine, and you, you've got Shepard. Uh, on the right-hand side of Hampstead there. He's drafting, he's pulling out, he's making a pass. He moves across, he hits Richard and and sends him off into the wall and continues on. Now, the minute we get notified or we find out that there's an incident, we've got somebody watching live, we've got other people watching different parts of the track. We were watching a different battle going on because it was SVG um, chasing a whole pile of other cars down. There were three other cars involved. They're all battling along together. You're thinking... Okay, where's the place most likely that there's going to be an incident? Well, that's that's one of them. Everyone's racing there for, for third spot. So we had a couple of guys there. We had one guy going live. He was watching something else, another one watching something else. And suddenly we get called, oh, there's an incident in the chase. Oh, who was it? Oh, car number, car number. Oh, what was it? Uh, who was it? Um, hang on, it's Hampstead. It's, okay, that's car 28. Right, so we start going looking. Now, we, we start a process then of being able to look at the incident and determine what's going to happen. So you've got, all this is still unfolding. Bang, we find out about it. 15, 20 seconds later, we're, we're at the point where we're actually starting to be able, we're getting eyes on it to look at it. And we've got opinions coming in straight away saying, yep, we think that's a, a, that's a, a, a drive-through. You've got two laps in the race left. So you've got two, two minute, six, two minutes, seven laps to make a decision to do something. But here's the problem. If it happened in the middle of the race, what would we do? We'd look at it, we'd judge it and go, yep, okay, Corey's moved across. Um, he's made contact with Richard. Corey's at fault here. He was not clear. He's put Richard into the wall. What is it in the middle of the race? It's a drive-through. Straight up, every day of the week. And we acknowledge that. That's exactly what it is. 
Uh, was it deliberate? No, we don't think so. We think it was, a, was it a, a good driving move? No, we don't think that either. It was a pretty bad one and a, and a bad misjudgment. But it's all happening at the chase at 300 kilometres an hour and happening very quick. So Corey's thinking he's going to be clear at a point and he's moved across and he's misjudged it and bang, he's put Richard out. Is that fair for Richard? Absolutely not. And what can we change about that for Richard? Absolutely nothing. So we're left with trying to then make a decision. Well, how do we, how do we go about issuing this? Now, bear in mind, we've got the cars have already gone through starting the 160th lap and we're coming up with a solution so we start logging it and is it a drive-through yes absolutely it is when do we issue it? we've got now only got two minutes because the, the key thing that we have to do is to be fair to everybody here and while everyone wants to say oh poor richard poor richard poor richard that's absolutely and that's there's nothing wrong with that and we all agree with that it was it, it, it buggered up a really good battle and those everybody had worked hard to be there but we've only got two minutes to make a decision because if we issue a drive-through penalty, that driver has to be able to serve that penalty. And this is where a lot of people sort of didn't really take this into consideration because you've got to get that out within two minutes. Now, when you start viewing something and then you say, well, no, we don't have one person just go, oh, that's a drive-through. We have three or four people and you've got to get them to it. You've got to rewind to it. You've got to find them. You've got to look at it from a couple of different angles to make sure, was there any other circumstances involved? And you come to that decision that's not hard to chew up two minutes worth of time. And that's what it did. So yeah. as he's coming out of the last corner, we're going, yep, we're going to issue a penalty. Where is he? We find him on track. He's already crossing the line, starting the last lap of the race. So if we issue him a, a, a penalty, a drive-through penalty now through the game, his penalty, which he is now unable to actually do a drive-through through the pit lane and take whatever time penalty that is uh, incurred traversing through the pit lane, the opportunity to do that is now gone because he will come through even if he drives into it on the very last lap the minute he crosses the line he's finished the race therefore the penalty will be applied our racing will drop him back to the very last person on the same lap so he he would drop uh, 20 spots something like that 19 spots 18 spots something like that whole pile of spots now is that what would have happened had we done it in the middle of the race probably not so that makes the penalty excessive. So who do we be fair to here in, in the circumstances? And then we also have to look at what's consistently happened all year. When have we run into the same situation? And we have done over multiple different races where you have something go on at the end, or you have somebody that can't serve a penalty because they've caused an accident crash and they've gone out. So you issue the points penalty and the license penalty accordingly, and that's the end of it. That's all you can do. In this situation, even the team, like even Corey's team and Brian Borg, who was watching the whole thing, have said, no, that's an unfair pass. We put him into the wall. They actually redressed it as best they yeah, could okay. on the on, on the 160. Like, so then they were they were willing to accept, yes, we made a mistake. Richard blows up. So what can they do? They've got to go on. Now, is it fair that they get second place like that? No. But what is fair as the penalty? Now, everyone said, oh, you should give them a time penalty. Yeah, let's go and work it out. Okay, so let's work out a time penalty. Now, take into account, we always have this, oh, consistency, consistency, consistency. Everyone's yelling consistency. When have we given a time penalty in the scops ever? And the answer is we haven't, because we haven't been able to do it as a fair penalty to give across the board. Anybody that's on the lead lap, not a problem. We can sit there and add time to the penalty. 
but after that, you only get the information coming out of iRacing to say that they're one lap behind. So the next thing is everyone's going to turn around and say, oh, well, you should sit there and you should go through it and work it out. Well, that's great. But who's it fair to and who's it not fair to? Because on the last lap, uh, the 10th place car was hit by the 11th place car making a pass going into the chase and they both come off the road. And one car moved up a couple of spots, one car went down a couple of spots. And on the last lap, the cars in 32nd and 33rd place, I think from memory, had a major coming together and a drive-through penalty would have been appropriate there. How do we give a time penalty to somebody in that circumstance that doesn't really make any difference? They don't care. What's the difference? Yeah, exactly. They're not even in the top 10. You know, they're not, not there. And they're, they're multiple laps down. So how do we do that? How do we make it fair all the way across the board? So to sit there and say, oh, we, you know, we should have given the second place car a time penalty. We should have just moved him back in the results. Creates another problem. We don't have the information out of iRacing coming through to be able to actually sit there and do that. So we have to manually sit down, pull that data apart and rejig it. And that takes hours to do. And that's not fair to ask somebody to do. Yep. So how do we deal with that? Okay, so what we've sort of looked at, and we've done this with your AHU series, is an, an automated penalty system. In other words, you 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 have a, a Google sheet which is recording live data and you put in a penalty and you say it's worth X amount of points or, or whatever, and it then automatically applies that to the driver and to the car and so forth. And at the end of the race, what it does is it says, and if we, and this is what we're looking to adopt for next year, is that in that same situation, we would have given Brian, he would have still, the, the, sorry, the Corey Shepard, the car still would have crossed the line in second place, but the points penalty would have been applied to it and he would have dropped down um, 30 points in the standings. So that would have been around 10 places, which yeah. would have been probably close to a round. And I'm not, I've, I've not sat down and physically worked it out, but that would have been a fairer penalty to issue for the situation. Is it any better for Richard? No, it's not. And we're all really sad that, 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 you know, that all fell that way, but it's got to be fair from everyone. And, you know, let's face it, Richard Hampstead and, and Jake Maloney and, and TTR and all that sort of thing, they're all quite well-known people. So everyone's going, oh, my God, poor Richard, poor Richard. That's right. But if we reverse the roles, would everyone have still reacted the same? Maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. I don't know. But that's what we're faced with actually having to make a system work for. It's not the popular guys that should get all the benefits of the penalties while everyone else should just be made to, to suffer it out or whatever. It's got to be fair for everyone. And, and that's where our problem lies. So that's why we didn't do it. So that's what we're looking at doing next season. From a consistency point of view, we've issued penalties for years like that. Is it right or wrong? No, it's not the best way to do it, but we've probably not come up with this. I don't think we've come up with a situation before where it made such a big difference to the end result and highlighted it and made us focus on it. So it has done. People are upset. Yeah, we get that. We understand that. Is it right? No, it's not quite right. Um, he's got a points penalty. He crossed the line second. He got interviewed as a second place finisher on the points list. He didn't finish second in the race in points. He was shuffled down the track. And this system will allow us to do that. So we'll be going away from the old Dan Lisa um, system that was only relied on what iRacing said and didn't have any real major ability to adjust this thing will be custom made it's being made now yep. and we're starting to test it and trial it and making it work and we've been on it for a little while as a better way to go about it because it does allow us to add those penalties in and then it will become the official race 
um, uh, race finishing um, uh, well, the official results, as, as it were. Okay. So yeah. it'll move people up and down the field. And so, yeah, the finish, finishing order of the, of the field. So that's it. That's, so he that's does finish across the line second, but as far as the results and the end result is, he came, let's say, 10th. Just like 10, yeah, thereabouts, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. The idea. So he, the, he would no longer be be classed as a podium finisher. He would be classed as a, a top ten finisher type of thing. That's exactly right. And and but the, the 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 important part of this is that we can apply it across the board evenly, and once applied, it's instant. It's there. It's yep. not like we've got to sit there and manually work out, oh, hang on, he lost so many points, so we've got to shuffle somebody up here and then, and the points won't be out for three days because I can't get to it for three days to sort out. It's bang, then and there. And that, so that will have the points system for the series there. It'll have the penalty system. It'll have the results based on those penalties that have been issued that shuffled people around. So yep. the idea here is to provide a instant um, official result so that the broadcast can obviously have official result, um, so that there can be, as fast as we can make it happen, transparency to what we do. And when we're faced with that situation, we're, yeah, and let's face it, we have to be fair to Corey as well. He had yeah. to have time to serve the penalty, and we couldn't do that. No. And everyone said, oh, you should have issued it earlier. It was clear as day. Yes, it was, but everyone will then bag us for making, having one person make a decision. And that's not what we do. We make sure that we double check and cross check to make sure that everyone is in agreement that that's what yeah. it should be. That still took more than two minutes, but less than four. So yeah. it wasn't too bad. Um, yeah, exactly. If you go to supercars in real life, it takes them time to make a decision. Now they've yeah. got a full team dedicated to just doing that. And about 30 more cameras 50, than what we have. Yeah, about 50 <laughs> angles of the same thing. So they can make a decision within two minutes. But yeah, that's it. That's you know, it. even then, if, if it happened on the second last lap or the last lap for, for them, yeah. they'd still be issuing a time penalty afterwards. But they have all that data. That's they right. have everything that they can they can they can wish for as far as data goes, yeah. and then a whole team to worry about that. But you don't have that, so no, that's that's um, right. We work so, with what we can, and we make it easy it. as we can, so we can actually live lives and stuff like that. Well. <laughs> that's it. So we, we look. We think the system will work well, and yeah. and we've been using it in AHU, and it's being developed, and and there's some really clever minds behind it that are working quite hard on making it easy to use, and. Yeah, we think it will also, in, in endurance races, what it will do, which is really good, is it will give, or even in um, even in sprint races, it will give the spotter or the spare driver in endurance races the ability to actually lodge a complaint rather than, oh, race control, can you have a look at that? Because if we were to miss that, that could yeah. go on for a period of time. You know, if we're busy dealing with something or there's a lot of noise going on or we're chatting about something and, and we accidentally miss it, the, you, you can actually go to the Google document and you can file a complaint. So what lap it is and who's protesting what and what corner and so forth and away you go. So that pops up and it's auto-generated so that we can then go and say, oh, hang on, has this one been in action? No. Oh, hang on, let's quick. Oh, that one's popped up. Let's go. And we've got that open, much the same as we've got um, you know, JRT open, uh, watching our timing screens and all that sort of stuff. So yeah. you've got more inform relevant information to correlate backwards and forwards. That's yeah. That's what we're taking on and that's what we're trying to do. Perfect. That does sound really good. Um, so. I think we will leave it there. There's so, so many more things we can go into. Uh, and I do want to get you back and talk about Apex Hunters United eventually as well. And we'll have uh, to however, do that with Simon Black. Well, we'll, yes. we'll, I'll be, we'll be keen for that. Absolutely, we'll be keen for that because yeah, so, there's definitely talk of 2022 happening. 
Oh, well, there has to be, and we'll have to get a locked-on team in there, I guarantee you. It's been a very successful series. So congratulations on everything that's going so Thank well you. for you this season, uh, this Thank year, you. besides the controversy, but everything else. <laughs> the, the closest racing I've seen to date, the best teams championship I've seen, seen to date, uh, the, the strongest fields we've seen to date, and obviously yep. Apex going yep. strength to strength. So yep. Um, yep. well done. Now, oh, just, we just catch, by the way, yeah? you, might have, you might have to come back and talk to us about the Bathurst 12-hour next year too at another stage, but... Yeah, oh. that's going to happen. Sponsors okay, cool. are coming forward, so just okay. saying. We, we we will make sure we do that as well. We'll get you for everything we can. But thank you so much Good for your time, Mike. Good luck with it all, and we'll talk to you soon. My pleasure. Thanks for allowing me to clear it up. No problems. Thank you for that, Mike. That is some really good information. I'd ask your thoughts on it, guys, but you haven't heard the interview. So, uh, But we are looking forward. He gave me a few little sneaky preview things that I'm not allowed to talk about that I can't wait for him to come on and talk about in the future. Uh, mm. But if you're interested in Scops, definitely go check him out um, if you want some high-end V8 racing. Actually, it was interesting. We're going to talk about it in, in a bit, but... I've never heard so much chat about Scops on the E-Series than what it was uh, last last race. Uh, I've, I would think I would have thought they wouldn't have mentioned it at all, but every uh, every second they got, they were actually talking about Scops, so it was really good to see. Uh, but let's head on to the next little bit of news, which, once again, you guys haven't really read much about because I only chucked it in a second ago. Uh, but the World Rally Cars Championship did start this week, uh, just gone past, so... Uh, congratulations to all those who raced in that. We'll go a quick look at the results later. But the big news that came out of it uh, late last week was for the first time ever, Altus Esports has been awarded the team franchise into the iRacing World Championship. This allowed them to invite two team members in uh, and race under the actual Altus Logitech G Altus Esports banner in the the World Championship, which they are racing for $25,000. Uh, and this was... Bo, Albert, and Louis. Um, uh, I'm not going to do the last name, but Louis was in there. Uh, so well well done to those two guys for being able to race under the Logitech G Altus Esports banner uh, against teams like Subaru Motorsports USA, uh, Groholm, RX, uh, Industry, Entertainment Legends, such as Nitro Circus as well, Got have teams racing in, in this championship as well. So they're up against some really big names. Um, that didn't go the best in race one, but we will talk about that soon. Uh, but it's really good to see Australian uh, teams on the on the world stage like that uh, in in our racing. Just proves how well Australia is going on. So let's also, see. I was just going to say it's also really interesting that they're taking a team based approach to that event. I wonder yes. if that'll then that'll then flow on to some of the own other pro series. I, I, I would have thought it was particularly relevant on the road scene rather yep. than the oval scene, potentially. I don't know. But, um, yeah, interesting to hear about the Nitro Circus guys. I just happened to be strolling through Twitch the other day and I saw that they were <laughs> they were streaming and they were streaming iRacing Rallycross. And I was like, oh, what's this about? And then, lo and behold, this thing pops up. So, yeah, look, certainly interesting to see, you know, what's come of that that post major COVID period yeah. where the visibility and everything was elevated. Um, interesting and really cool to see that it hasn't just died away completely. There's more of it's coming over. And I think that's the global esports thing more broadly. Um, and sometimes it takes, a, I guess, a global pandemic or an event of that scale to really sort of kick things along. Certainly interesting to see it happening anyway. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think I, I 
you might be right. That's the first time I've seen the team's championship in it. Um, but, yeah, it's uh, it, definitely good to see. And, and Yokohama's now the, the major sponsor, which is another big, big get as well. So, well done. All involved there. Got to love some rallycross. And you can see why they're spending a bit more money on the rallycross side of iRacing at the moment with big names like that and, and big moves like that happening. So, let's move on to Braden's big announcement of the week, mate. Two new Mercedes are coming to Formula One in iRacing. How good is that? Are you buying the first one when the second one's just around the corner? <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. It's it's an interesting one because I don't really know what they're going to do with that first. Well, this yeah, the first car they're planning on releasing, and which is they the get current series, the current race model, yeah. right? Yeah. So it's like. They would want to do it pretty quick if, if that's the plan. Well, it has it has to be either before the end of season four or it has to be season one of twenty twenty two, which is yeah. in December. It almost has to be like in the next couple of weeks, but they haven't even shown any concept of it or anything like that, and you can't no. really set a series up for it because it's mid mid season. So yeah, so I'm not exactly a hundred percent sure what the plan is on that one, but I mean, you know, anytime there's new content coming, it's always a, a good day. Um, it's I just assume one of those it things... drops season one, and then we get season three, the 2022 model, like sort of mid year, uh, maybe even closer to season four. But yeah. I don't know. It's just one it's of the. A... It's just one of those things. Like it caters to such a small group of people, not because they don't like F1, but because one they're pretty hard to drive in terms of the races are long yeah. um, and that kind of thing. And you also need to be an A-class to, to drive them. So unfortunately, the current F1 car that's in uh, iRacing doesn't really get a whole heap of love. Um, so do they move the current F1 car to, say, class C-class license and then make a... This one a B class license. And they then... just they just move it to Legacy, right? And then they yeah. move the new one in. Do um, they move it to like what? Yeah, because they moved the last F one to Legacy, didn't they? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So does the was it the W fourteen coming in? Does it get go to Legacy in six months time? Oh, not in six months. I wouldn't have thought they. So when's twenty twenty two drop then? And what happens to it? Is it is it Legacy as soon as the twenty twenty two model comes in? Because they're very different cars, from what I understand too. Yeah, it's a tough one, you know. Like, can I tell you, the open wheel section of road racing just it's it's got a an oversupply of cars and an undersupply of drivers, right? So, yeah. bringing in a car like that, um, as Braden said, I don't know what audience is gonna gonna pick up on. It. And you know, there's plenty of people out there that love their F1, but they don't love driving them uh, on iRacing. Uh, so, yeah. unless they unless they revamp the World Championship and make it an F1 race again, then maybe. It, but even then, I don't know. They have to push a. They have to push. Like I've made this call a few times that they're 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 aiming for that F one twenty like the EA's now EA or Codemasters F one market. They're, they're trying to push into that. You can see the different moves, the tire models, the the weather, all this kind of stuff is trying to push in to get it more realistic and closer racing than what what you get in F one. However, but what they don't have what they don't have is arcade mode, yes. right? Because it's a simulator F one twenty. Whatever can be an arcade mode as much as can be a sim. Yep, definitely, and that's where that's the big difference. But yeah, I I just don't know how you you have to sell the the current model F one, and you have to do what they did with the Porsche, which is 
credit people who buy it when the new one comes out. But does that mean every year now we're going to get the latest model F1 put into the game? It is a partnership, they're saying, with the actual Mercedes team, which is cool. But I guess... What's the business model? Do you just get... If you buy the the current one and they rotate it every year, do you just get the next one? I mean, it's not a repeat repeat business kind of thing at that point. And and I tell you, if people buy one and then every year they got to front up for another one that they're not going to drive, that'll get old really quickly. That'll get very old very quickly. They're putting more Grand Prix tracks in. They said that in the press release. They're getting weather. They are definitely pushing towards F1 Grand Prix stuff. But as you said, so cool you you're in a a closed wheel car so you're in a in a gt3 you're in a whatever you start with an mx5 the skill ceiling there to skill gap to the guys using it as you said the the problem is that the people using it you can still race around in an lmp car at any skill level and and be competitive especially multi-class racing you can feel like you're actually doing something in f1 if you're not at that skill gap that skill gap is blown up by about 10, 20. Like, it, there is such a difference there. You just can't be on pace with anyone if you're driving slowly in, in the McLaren at the moment. So Yeah, and that's no before way. you start talking about all the in-car systems, you know, engine yes. and battery management and all the rest of it. You might be a really good driver who doesn't know how to control the car, you know? Yeah. So, I don't know. They've got to, they've got to create an actual F1 world championship like they're doing with Rallycross and like they're doing with all the other ones as well. So there's, there's got to be a something for people to strive to because at the moment there's not. And Yeah, throw I the think, teams element into that one as well and you've got a whole other box and dice. Yeah, well, definitely. So anyway, it's, it's interesting. It was a surprising, like it was a very surprising call, I think. Not so much that it was happening, but so much that, hey, we're getting two cars back to back. Like, yeah. why not just say we've got the F uh, W14 coming ASAP? Look, it'll be here by the in the next two months. You'll be racing it. We will work on stuff in the future, and we'll let you know what's happening in the future. So, unless they've been working on that W14 for a very long time, and then they agreed to to actually, it's like let's say the supercars. Cool, we worked on. We got the supercars in. Oh, the Holden just vanished. By the way, oh, okay. Um, cool, we can't use that anymore, but let's work on Gen 3, I guess, straight away. And But at least there's a good, what, year and a half gap in that. And I guess they do it with NASCAR. You get the Cup car, you get the next-gen car. Um, I guess there's a few years between that, though. So it's just, yeah, it's an interesting one. But Braden, are you buying every single F1 car and racing like a champion? Uh, no, I'll stick to what I'm good at for now, <laughs> which is not much, which is not much. So no need to buy too many cars. <laughs> okay. uh, the more, more exciting part is the Grand Prix circuits that we might get to see. Will we get to see, uh, Adelaide, uh, not Adelaide, <laughs> will we get to see Melbourne, uh, in there one day soon? Um, we'll see. Let's move on to the results tonight which i've already burned out all our sponsors so let's just go straight into the results uh actually go to our discord lockedonlads.com slash discord good place to be do that that's the sponsor now definitely go there uh so let's go to the e-series that happened uh this week so this week it was the one we've all been sort of waiting for i guess uh it was a matter of uh the actual 
um, fastest 125 they kept on calling it so it was uh, the two uh, both um, both pros and all stars raced together uh, which was really good to see uh, the pros uh, sorry the all stars had to had to do eight laps that was their minimum uh, and then the all the pros could do the rest what did you think of the race Alex I'm a terrible roving reporter because I, I can barely tell you who won the thing, but I watched again the uh, the uh, broadcast. I had that on one screen. I had uh, a couple of driver streams on the other. And can I tell you, I thought that race saved the E-Series for me in, a, in yeah. a number of ways, both in terms of the integrity of the racing because the pros, uh, sorry, the, the all-stars, because they were teamed up with someone who it mattered to, yeah. um, they, they, they committed to it and they committed uh, properly to it. And then to see the, <clears throat> sorry, the immediate camaraderie between them, the, the openness to sharing a lot, because as I said, yeah, I'm watching some of the streams. I watched, you know, a couple of the pros, a couple of the E-Series guys, uh, sorry, the, um, uh, the All-Star streams open. And to see them interact um, in a professional manner, uh, open, uh, transparent. And can I tell you, at the end of the race, they were so complimentary of the skill of the pros. Uh, and these, these are real-world professional drivers that are saying this kind of stuff, saying, you know, I couldn't do that without practising hundreds of laps. You know, and I could, I, you know, I don't know how they do it, or this sort of thing. Again, for me, it showed the skill level at the top end of town in that a category and in some of the the, the drivers uh, in the in Australia Australian sim racing, um, and to hear it coming from professional race drivers was even you know it even carried more weight. And the race itself finished you know with a six or seven car pack uh, coming down the mountain on the last few laps was spectacular as well. So for me, a couple of those things combining really really saved the series in a number of ways in my mind. Yeah. I, um, look, I, I, I love the fact that it was a close finish. I didn't like the fact that we had to put a safety car out there to make that happen. Um, but I understand why the, the discrepancy between the pro drivers wasn't huge. The discrepancy between the all-stars was huge just absolutely massive so and and you had people like as you said Chaz Mostert was was racing for Dane Warren's you know prize money so he was probably more nervous than Dane ever was going into that car and and from what I've talked to people yeah that's exactly what he was and there was a few people like that um the the fact that Richie Sanaway is just far far and away faster by leaps and bounds than any of those other guys in the in the all stars side of things, the fact that the Kaseki brothers are faster than the next lot of drivers, pretty much, it sort of yeah, it, it, it made everything a little bit lopsided. Um, and the the beauty of Stanaway was he was as fast as the pro drivers, so he could stay out there for an extra couple laps to give uh, Phil Cell, I think it was the the tires at the end of the the race, which in the end. Didn't make a difference. Maybe made a difference. Who, 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 it's, it's hard to tell, but um, yeah, the, the safety car brought them all together. I think 
I th- I think by the end of it, the results probably would have been the same anyway. I think um, Dane Warren coming through would have got second. Um, he, he with a couple laps to go, he definitely wouldn't have got first. So um, th- there's that. But the close the close racing at the end there, and to be watched the respect that those guys have for each other, even though they are not the respect, but the the skill they have to be able to drive that closely to with each other at high points and, and know that I'm nose to tail with this guy. And you see it with, with skips, I guess, in Aussie car each week, you guys at the front, you can, you, you are that close to each other. There's no brake lights to let you know that that person's braking. You just trust that that person's braking at the same point, every lap. <laughs> um, and it's the same with those guys. They're, they're, they're millimetres away from each other and they just don't hit. Uh, we did see a little bit of barging, but otherwise, yeah, it was a good finish. Phil Sell got the win. Dane Warren loses his first race all season. Um, and, yeah, I, I can't honestly... I'm trying to find the results everywhere, but I can't find anything. So, um, yeah, so the the biggest loser, unfortunately, was Jackson Su- Susan Harlow. His, um, his car got pretty much wrecked and, and went a couple laps down. I don't know if he actually qualified for points. Uh, which has cost him a couple thousand dollars in the overall prize money. So uh, a little bit of a shame there. But the, a little side note I meant to put in the news, um, Kyle George, I think it was, uh, took out the New Zealand sprint race to get the wild card for the final round of the E-Series. So the very own Cameron Dance was racing in this series, ended up coming fourth. Uh, first time I've ever heard Cameron Dance not win a thing. Uh, but seeing him driving a V8 was quite interesting. But um, some good names in there. Uh, James Anderson was in there and a few others. So they had a three-race format. And, um, yeah, unfortunately, Cam Dance had a, had a bad second race. But uh, Kyle George, I think it was, um, yeah, blitzed the field. Uh, and we'll be racing in the the New Zealand um the New Zealand sponsored uh, car in in the last race, so well done to him in the in the All Stars field. So uh, that'll be really good. Other than that, yeah, Kyle George was Michael Talajajic. That you know, Tal- yeah, him. He was in there as well. Um, James Anderson. Um, there was ten of them. Dad, Damon Mulqueen. Uh, Matt Stevens, Logan Barnett, uh, Matthew Pluck, and Luke Webster uh, were some were the names that were racing for that final spot. So good luck, good congratulations, and it'll be good to see what he can do. I was, I was cheering for Cam Dance, little one, just trying to get him across the line, but it didn't quite happen. Uh, so let's move from there into SNL. So, Michaela, do you want to take us away on what happened from your perspective in the race that stopped the nation because they were so <laughs> confused by what happened on the last lap? <laughs> yeah, mate, it was uh, it was a great night out. Uh, we we had a, a big group turn up again. We were back over the forty seven hundred strength of field at Hockenheim. I wasn't expecting that, if I can tell you, um, but it was great. It did mean though that um, we only had. Uh, a few guys from the local club, I think one, two, three, four guys there. Uh, the likes of Braden, of course, relegated to what has become a bumper second split even. You know, you're talking a 25, 2600-strength 200 of field, which is a, a decent midweek split uh, for the second split, and it's full of ANZ club members, which is great. But the top split, um, look, qualifying, you know, great to see an ANZ driver, Corey Lean, on pole, and he stuck it on there by 14 100s. It was pretty tight. 
uh, from Nick Vaughan Roberts, the uh, the two fools racer, the Welshman out there. He was about to have another crack. Interesting, straight from the off, you, you're thinking to yourself, Corey Lane, Nick Vaughan Roberts, both really hyper aggressive drivers um, when it comes to uh, their racing. So you knew it was on from the get go. Julian O'Frey. Uh, was back for another crack at it. He put it on third. Takumi Yamato, leading Japanese driver, uh, in fourth. And the top five on the grid, rounded out by one of the Iberians, Oscar Chinchilamaza, who's no slouch in a skip, very good driver. Um, it was a very stacked field uh, to begin with. The other ANZ guys qualified. Uh, Dimitri Filippides in, oh, no, he's oh, he's got an Aussie accent, but he's not Australian. Anyway, uh, <laughs> the cowboy, Sam Devantia, he was in 14. Asko Sarovsky had a rough night on the in quality. He was down in 16th. And Sean Doyle, our Aussie car representative this week, he uh, was car 17, snuck in, bumped Braden to the second split, and he, uh, yeah, he only Braden managed 17. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know. He didn't do much in quality, unfortunately. Um, he was down last off the grid. But I'll tell you who missed out in quality big time was Sam Devantia. He had superb pace all week, uh, and he was quite chuffed with himself. And then he, he raced Ben Snell in the two earlier races before this, stuck it on pole, I think, both times, uh, and was giving Ben heaps for – one xing both his quality laps, uh, and then and then he stuffed up his second lap and it was left down in the fourteenth. Anyway, so the race kicked off. Front three uh, pretty much stayed as they were and actually managed to break away. There was a lot of action in the mid pack, and you know uh, any number of positional changes. You go down into not so much turn two, uh, but by the time you hit the, uh, it's, it's a truncated parabolica straight um, down into. Uh, in a turn four, five there, um, uh, and there was a lot of movement there and a lot of b- bumping and barging. In fact, a, a couple, uh, Cristobal and Otero and um, uh, Oscar Chinchilla, the two uh, Iberians, did get bumped back, but they fought their way back just through the melee in the mid-pack. But what it did mean was that um, Julian O'Frey, uh, Corey Lean, and Nick Vaughan Roberts just broke away. And from a broadcast perspective, they played pretty nice for the sort of at least the first half of the race. So all the action was in that that mid-pack. But can I tell you, I was more than a little surprised that about halfway through the race, the front pack had about an eight-second gap, but they just started battling. Um, yeah, like you're talking a 33-minute race, it's 20 laps, and by lap sort of nine or ten, they were battling. I couldn't believe it. Um, but like I said, when I saw Lane and Vaughan Roberts at the start lining up next to uh, next to each other, I thought anything could happen. But ultimately, if fast forward to the last lap, and you're coming down into that that first hairpin at the end of the truncated parabolica, and you've got the lead three: Julian O'Frey, uh, Corey Lane, and uh, Nick Vaughan Roberts side by side, three wide coming into that hairpin, and you're thinking, "Oh, this isn't going to work," right? Lean's on the inside, O'Frey in the middle, Vaughan Roberts on the outside. Lean holds a good line, uh, but he's on the curb, and that always pushes you a little bit. Uh, O'Frey left uh, a reasonable amount of room, but he probably could have afforded to be half a tie width wider. Those two make contact. Uh, this checks up O'Frey as he starts sort of sliding a bit, uh, and Vaughan Roberts taps him, a bit kind of net Cody, and really almost flips his car. But what happens in that moment, it was so quick both Lean and Vaughan Roberts disappear, disqualified. And as I said at the time, it was doink, doink, they were both gone, right? And O'Frey sort of spun out, gathered himself up. They still had enough of a lead, enough of a lead and he drove off and won the thing. 
um, it was just an incredible moment just to see minor contact and you think, oh, Frey's copped the worst of this. But no, the other two disappear and he drives off and wins the race. What that did mean, though, apart from the most astonishing season I've seen in 25 watching them, uh, was that uh, that mid-pack melee that had seen so many changes, chops and changes throughout the race and kept the, the broadcast entertaining, all of a sudden they're on for uh, for much higher results than they were expecting. So Laura Samadio comes through and grabs second. Uh, Vladimir Kiplich, Kiplich uh, from uh, from Europe. I hope I'm pronouncing his name right. Grabs third. Takumi Yamato in another strong performance, leading Japanese driver on the night in fourth. And Cristobal Otero, after all sorts of action, um, finishes fifth, which was... Uh, you know, it was just honestly, it was the most amazing thing I've seen in a long, long time, and I doubt we'll see it again. Quickly dive into the second split. You've got Braden, of course, uh, stuck it on pole, finished second. Justin Watt uh, finished in third. Uh, these are the ANZ drivers. Mitchell Nichols in fourth. Uh, Nathan Verney still flying his trade in the second split, down in seventh. Mark Jeffo, Jeffrey, down in tenth with some more points. Jason Wilman, great to see him back down in twelfth, scored some points as well. Paul Wilson in 15th was the other ANZ. And quickly, because you're in there, Wilco, Peter Wilco no, Wilkinson, P7, <laughs> P7 in the third split. Great to see Ken Hyam still around too. He picked up a podium in the third split. Um, I did forget to mention, unfortunately, Sam Devantia, the cowboy, after stuffing up pole, ended up last, having crashed out. Unfortunately, he had an incident. Uh, he finished last. Corey Lean, uh, who was leading most of the race, if I'm honest, after sitting on pole, he got the DQ uh, along with Nick Vaughan Roberts. He finished down at 15. Vasco Sorovsky didn't really, wasn't able to make much of his night uh, after a, a bit of a disappointing quality. Uh, he finished in 13th and out of the points. Sean Doyle, though, was the big mover, really. He was up to ninth after starting last. And that's what I mean. The sort of melee and, and the stuff at the front and the middle really allowed him to take advantage. So good ride out for Sean. That leaves our standings after two rounds. Julian Afray, the Frenchman, after taking... He only had one win all season uh, last season, but uh, he's already racked one up in the second race uh, this time round. He's leading uh, from Loris Amadio, the Italian driver. One, Braden Martin, <laughs> sitting there in third position. Yeah, that won't last long. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> right, it's it's early days, I know, but still, third position is pretty good. Uh, Giuseppe Tolini in fourth. Surprisingly, Justin Watt, who's the other uh, clowns racing driver with Vasco Sorovsky, he's leading his teammate, actually. Uh, he's in fifth. Uh, other ANZ notables, uh, Mitchell Nichols in seventh, Jason Bros in eighth. Uh, da, da, da. Where are we next? The Cowboy. After two rounds, he's sitting in 13th. Jeffo, Mark Jeffrey in 14th. Uh, Ken Himes, great to see him on the leaderboard in the early stages of the season. He's 17th. Uh, and Corey Lean, uh, equal with so many, including yourself, uh, Wilco. He's down in 20th at the moment. So that uh, that about wraps it up. But can I tell you, it was uh, an amazing. Even if you just watch the last couple of laps, um, amazing. You won't see that thing sort of thing happen every day, mate. No, definitely go check out that last last lap for sure. Now, I'm sorry, Braden, we've got to pull you away from painting your Xfinity car. Um, <laughs> I like this new setup because I can see exactly what you're doing in the screens behind you. Um, it's very good. But yeah, you've got a. A zero nine zero car looking looking pretty good, but let's go to SNL. You are the only man who can actually command this sheet to do what you want because I've been banned. Um, but take us away for the Aussie car results. 
Yeah, so the Aussie car was, like we said, some pretty close and, and awesome racing. Uh, ben managed to put it on pole um, in race one and came away with the win. Uh, from and the Zero uh, X, the bastard. Yeah, no, I almost thought someone had taken over his uh, his uh, driving when I saw a Zero X on his name. But um, Alex McKellar in second place, also qualifying second. Chasty managed to take the podium away from my good self, who maintains his streak of not managing to finish a race equal or higher than where he started so that's going well uh alex did get the fastest lap i did yeah true i think that's the first time i've ever got a fastest lap in an aussie car race so that's something i suppose uh alex john in fifth russell clark in sixth harrison mitchell in seventh seventh matthew mites eighth sean doyle ninth and daniel stubbs rounding out the top 10 uh the biggest movers throughout the field um Craig Kerman up eight spots, Peter Bowling and Philip Bakatsoulis up seven spots, Leon Williams, David Summers and Liam Banks all up six spots. Um, and unfortunately, Nathan Verney uh, was the biggest loser out of that one, uh, not uh, starting 12th and finishing 31st. Uh, yeah, he, had a, he had a spin in front of me at one stage, uh, as you said, that which then put him down into people that end up taking him out, unfortunately. Uh, yeah. Just quickly, just to shout out to uh, Ira, I know you're looking for new drivers. Daniel Stubbs, the highest placed non team driver, uh, just, just so you know, ninth. Well done. Yeah, That's race two saw, as we said earlier, uh, Alex McKellar take pole position, uh, but couldn't manage to hold off that fast finishing sneaky Ben Snell who just managed to be also uh, one of the biggest movers, if not the biggest mover in the field, up 12 spots uh, from Alex McKellar, Alex John, myself, another fourth place, James Chastanoff, fifth, Russell Clark, sixth, Harrison Mitchell, seventh, Matthew Mites, Nathan Verney, and Brody Cook rounding out the top 10. Um, some big movers, obviously Ben Snell up 12 spots, as well as Aaron Waugh. Uh, Peter Bowling and Craig Kerman both up 11 spots. Sean McKenzie up 10. Simon Dobner up 9. And Nathan Verney up 7. Which meant that uh, for the actual round, uh, Ben Snell took the round 103 points from Alex McKellar, 101, and then 9 points back to James Chastanoff. So uh, despite two fourth-place finishes, I could only manage fifth for the round. Uh Brings the championship into a pretty pretty cool spot. Uh, Alex John and Alex McKellar, the top split TV boys, tied on 187 points. Alex McKellar up four spots in the championship from last week after the unfortunate spin at Lime Rock Park. Uh, James Chastanoff takes the final spot on the podium, four points behind on 183. From myself, 177. Ben Snell up eight spots this week, 166. Harrison Mitchell, 160. Russell Clark, 159. Matthew Mites, 155. Sean Doyle, 145, tied with Brody Cook for 10th. Uh, Brody Cook has a pretty commanding lead over the road to 2K so far with a 26-point gap back to Daniel Stubbs and third place Jeremy Bush on 103. Uh, and the quickly, the, the, the overall championship is nuts. So you've not only got a tie for first, you've only got four points back then to third, and then only another six points back to fourth, and then it's the hard-charging Ben Snell, 11 points back, six points back, and then one point back, and then four points back, and then equal for ninth. So the top 10 is going to have a lot of movement over the next couple of weeks uh, right there. 
Well, I'm sure Alex and Alex would hope there's not too much movement, but <laughs> yeah, you are right. It's very tight. Uh, the team's championship, obviously, with both top split racing uh, drivers tied for first, means they've got a 14-point lead over Locked On Our Racing podcast. It interviews uh, Chasty and myself, and then Van Diemen Racing third, Locked On Our Racing news and results fourth, Locked On Black Sheep Racing fifth, Aussie Car Racing Team 6, White Knuckle Racing 7th, Missed Apex Racing, Locked On Lads Discord, and Wolfpack Racing rounding out the top 10. Shout out to the new team that's been uh, created, Black Sheep the Rear Guard as well. Uh, Vic and uh, Leon, two stalwarts of the uh, Aussie Car Series we're racing together for the first time in history. So looking forward to seeing that. Absolutely. Nice one. Can and I, if you um... didn't catch it, Leon has Obugger underneath his skippy, and we found that out this week. Where he <laughs> yeah, got that was funny. Over. Can I give a shout out? Performance of the night, I thought. No. Uh, Ash Knowles sticking in P5 for Quali in race oh, yeah. two. He that's wasn't happy with the rest of that race, but he definitely no. was happy with that pole position. <laughs> yeah, but that's a top effort uh, in was. that field to stick it in fifth. I yeah, know how much job. effort he's putting in, too. So, yeah, definitely well done. Um, Let's move on to Anscar. So Anscar brought to you by Carl, the major voice that I love listening to with he, uh, is going to bring you all the highlights from the last week of Anscar, including Trucks, Xfinity, and the Cup Series. I haven't listened to it this week, but I'm sure there'll be a Wilco watch in there. So look out for how badly I went uh, and, and what his report is. But take it away, Carl. Thanks, lads, and hello, chaps and chapettes, and welcome to the Anscar wrap-up here on Locked On. I'm racing. I am, as ever, the limousine-riding, jet-flying, kiss-stealing, wheeling-dealing Carl Withy. And tonight, we start off with the truck series from North Carolina. Woo! At the Charlotte Roval. Andrew Dyson would take pole position a full second ahead of Anscar rookie sensation Lachlan Capel. For the race at the Roval, Dyson would put on an amazing masterclass in the trucks, leading from pole to chequered flag. The main battle was behind him between Capel and the Welsh wizard, one Mickey Skurlock, who got ahead of the young Capel early in the race. The two were connected all race long, but it would be a mistake from Michael Skurlock that saw Capel find his way past and get back into P2. Skurley would secure third place in the end after a very busy night of defending and racing. The racing was tight throughout the field. Donnelly secured a P4 with Aidan Schultz coming home a strong P5. I must give a big apology to Dave Douglas uh, who got hit by the commentator's curse in a very hard way. The championship looks like this after five rounds. Jason Martin leads on 189 points. Second is Micklemore, 13 down. Third is Dyson, 22 off the lead. Fourth, Traher, 23 off the lead. Fifth, Griffiths, 25 off the lead. Sixth is Danny G, 30 down. Seventh is Douglas and Raymond, 31 off the lead. Ninth is Williams, 35 off the lead. And tenth is Schultz, 37 off the lead. Next up, the thunder would roar its way around the super speedway of Talladega, who would leave a night? Round six of the Thunder series gave us an epic race with one of the best finishes of the ski season. Scott Griffiths would get pole position with Norman Clark starting next to him. The two cars would be in the lead for most of the race. The pair of Griffiths and Jaden Russell would have a synergy about them as teammates worked together. The whole field would pit when we saw the first big one of the night on lap 21. A few fast cars got taken out, including three of the four SRM cars, who were trying to keep out of trouble at the back. As the race went on, 
we would see a few more cautions with intense racing between the yellows. The final caution would fall 10 laps to go, meaning we were treated to a six lap sprint at the end. Some cars were running on alternate strategies of tyres, while the cars at the front on old tyres, Brenton West, would lead away and try to hold the position. But the fresh tyres aided the group of Wellman, Skurlock, Douglas and the one remaining SRM car of Matty Raymond. They had to defend from the Mitch train on the outside as Micklemore, Danny G and Gallagher tried their best to break free, but they could not get the room to get past. A last lap effort put pushed by Hamish Gallagher would see his engine blow on the, the very last corner. However, the winner of the race would be the 83 SRM car of Matty Raymond. Mr Sheen kept it clean for the out of the 37 car field just ahead of Dave Douglas. The two starting almost at the very back of the grid, 36th and 35th respectively. By the end of the race they were first and second. Douglas was second of course with Skurlock in third, making sure to visit the booth again with a strong P3 finish. Stevie Dub was fourth and Gary Wellman was fifth. This win really helped out championship leader Matty Raymond, extending his lead to 20 points at the front. Second is Micklemore, 20 points down. Third, Gallagher, 21 points down. Fourth, Brenton West, 25 off the lead. Fifth, Williams, 50 down. Sixth is Foster and Wellman, 51 off the lead. Eighth is Douglas, 44 off, 54 off the lead. Ninth is Carol Walden, 58 off the lead. And tenth is Maddie Hunter, 59 down. Next up, the cup was from Las Vegas, baby. We can't stop there. It is backcountry after all. The cup action was back this week and the drivers were gambling on a great result at Las Vegas. Jason Martin would pull an ace juice by taking pole position. His poker face did not hold all night long though, with Michael Skurlock starting beside him in second. As is common at Vegas, drivers were not keen to run more than a single line, but a few would take an early gamble and pull, an all, and pull all the right moves. But we saw an early caution when Dave Douglas would put it all down on black and it landed on a yellow with him going out of the race on lap 20 on, on lap 16. We would see only one more caution for the night a couple of laps later on 24 meaning the cars ha had to stop under green and strategies would come into play. A handful of cars had stayed out on the first caution and their pet paid off, giving them better tyres for the next stint of the race. This saw the 53 of Foster taking the lead, chased down by one Michael Skurlock. All night long the battle was going on, but nothing he could do would be able to stop Foster from taking the Royal Flush and getting the victory in Vegas. It was good to have the 53 back in the winner's circle, but in his own words, he had never left. Skurley came home second, capping off his week in Ansgar with his third visit to the booth, showing great consistency. Hamish Gallagher was third, Dyson was fourth, and Barry Neal was in P5. After four rounds of the chase, the Cup Championship looks like this. First is Martin, 15 points down in second is Foster, 18 points down in third is Skurlock, 14, so 22 points down in fourth is Gallagher, 33 points down in fifth is Micklemore, sixth is Carol Walden and Dyson, 46 off the lead, eighth is Pearson, 47 down, Traher, 54 off the lead in ninth, tenth is Danny G, 56 down, and at the back is Maddie Raymond, 11th 
59 off the lead. Next up, the Cup will be heading to Talladega for the Super Speedway. Who will avoid the big one and make it to the end? Make sure to head over to FGM Ecast Ferguson Group Media, where you can catch all the highlights of each race, as well as full race replays and live coverage. And as ever, a huge thank you to Locked On Lads and Locked On iRacing, your home for the best Aussie online racing action. Cheerio all, and uh, back to you chaps in the studio. And thanks for that, Carl. I look forward to you calling me spinning like a ballerina uh, tomorrow night in, uh, or tonight by the time you're listening to this. In the Anscar at the Roval, and Braden taking away his first ever Anscar win on debut. Uh, I'm so, still not uh, even sure if I'll do it yet. We'll see how we go. You've spent <laughs> the whole podcast painting it. You better bloody use the paint job you've just done. <laughs> uh, so as we're recording this, the new series of OzPass um, is doing the qualification process. Now, we've got Nathan Verney and Tim Harris in it this year. Hopefully, Nathan Verney can qualify in the amateur. Last I checked, Tim Harris was actually qualified in the pro part of the series, but we will see how that goes by the end of the night. Uh, but as always, for finally, for the return of Tim Harris to come back to the podcast with a wrap-up of last season uh, of OzPass, now that it all is finally wrapped up and done, ready for season two, uh here here it is take it away tim g'day guys and welcome to coverage from round 12 of season four of the ozpass pro-am sim series uh being the final round for the series championships were on the line in the amateur class however with the now unassailable lead chain wallace would sit out leaving the race honors for the pro class wide open the final round seen a total of 43 cars take the grid with 23 of the pro class competitors and 19 of the amateur class drivers. Pole position for the night would go to Jeff Connell in the now legacy Ferrari 488 GT3, followed by Andrew Dyson, also in the Ferrari. Danny Davison making the switch to the Porsche would end up in qualifying position 3, followed by fast Porsche driver Joshua Fitt and Paul Mansell also in a Ferrari. Leading amateur driver for qualifying was Lachlan Capel in 11th place overall, followed by Luke Fitt and Dustin Fletcher, making it a Porsche 123. As the field took the stage for the 70-minute enduro race, it wouldn't take long for the fireworks to kick off, with Turn 2 providing some entertainment and action. Unfortunately for Andrew Heitgarner, repeated side-to-side contact would all but end his race, as well as a few other championship contenders, such as third place in the amateur standings, Matt Andrews. This allowed the Ferrari pair of Jeff Connell and Andrew Dyson to lead the pack away, with thereabouts three and a half fuel stops required to get to the end of the race. We'd see a big split in the field of drivers filling short and filling long. This strategy mixing up the field and the speed of the races, creating some hard work for the drivers opting to fill long on their first stint. Amateur points class leader Daniel Webster would start the race in a somewhat safe manner, electing not to get involved in battles he didn't need to, whereas whereas second place championship runner Lachlan Capel had a points deficit to overcome and had his elbows out. This potentially being as undoing as a early race altercation saw him drop back to the mid-twenties. After the first round of pit stops, Danny Davison with the slightly shorter fill was able to jump Jeff Connell and Andrew Dyson. However, straight out of the pits, Andrew Dyson making a late dive at the hairpin to claim second overall. With the matter of only two laps later, Dyson making the same move on Danny Davison for the lead putting him in a great position with 50 minutes still left to run. As the race played out throughout the first 60 minutes, the fuel strategies evened themselves out, leaving the final 10 minutes as a sprint to the line. 
At this stage, however, Lachlan Capel reached the maximum incident limit, requiring him to serve a drive-through, dropping him down to 7th in the amateur standings. While a smooth, consistent race had led Daniel Webster up to 2nd in the amateur class. Unfortunately, at this hour mark for Jeff Connell, a spinning car on his in-lap for his final pit stop would put the nail in the coffin of his charge to the lead, leaving Andrew Dyson to stroll away to an 11-second victory over poleman Jeff Connell, followed closely by Jeff Fitt. Paul Mansell and Brandon Levine. With Boyd, Turner, Davison, Benson and Scott Cray rounding out the top 10. The amateur class would see Luke Fitt, Daniel Webster, Aaron DeLuca, Derek Orty and Daniel Chaney rounding out the top 5 with Timothy Harris and Lachlan Capel managing to stay on the lead lap for 6th and 7th position in the amateur class respectively. After this, Stewart's report was completed, only two minor incidents, which didn't see any place changes, were noted. The championship results were made final. With Shane Wallace taking our Pro Class Championship for Injectors Online Racing, followed by Jack Boyd, Ross Rizzo, Jack Wittes, and Jeff Connell. Luke Turner in sixth position, followed by Joshua Fitt, Scott Cray, Maverick Benson, and Brandon Levin. The Amateur Championship was wrapped up by Daniel Webster in the Porsche 911 GT3R, followed by Lachlan Capel. Tim Harris able to jump Matt Andrews into third place, with Matt having a poor race slipping down to fourth position, followed by Derek Ordy, Luke Fitt, Dale Carpenter, Sam Lehman, Daniel Chaney and Chris Sturdy rounding out the top ten. The Team's Championship top three teams remain the same for the final round with Injectors Online Racing 2 of Maverick Benson and Shane Wallace over Jack Boyd and Glenn Boyd of Boyd Racing and our amateur pairing of TechSense Fitzy Motorsports Matt Andrews and Daniel Chaney in third over the fast Porsches of JNL Racing's Joshua Fit and Luke Fit, Team Ozpass Matt Cartleone and Sam Lehman coming in fifth position. Straight after the season was completed, admin Sam Lehman was straight on to announcing the new season, then season number five, a 10-round season featuring two wildcard rounds. However, the big change was a move to encompass the seven latest GT3 cars, meaning a lot more variance and choice to pick your favourite vehicle. With pre-qualification being set at the technical Zolder track, the drivers would be pushing the boundaries straight from the get-go to get their fastest lap time in. In response to the league's popularity, the team have also decided to include Pass 2. Pass 2 being for the drivers that didn't make the qualification for the pro or the amateur class, and also people that want to join midway through the season, racing as a prequel to the main show with a chance to win your way into the main series. This is surely a great initiative and skill builder to get people into the main series. To find out more details on this, head over to the OzPass Pro-Am Sim Series Facebook page where you can find the link to the Discord which will have all the information for you. Uh, once again, as always, thanks to our sponsors putting together this wonderful series in conjunction with the OzPass Pro-Am team, Computer Technology Corporation, uh, ctccorp.com.au, simrigs.com, HJ Plant Repairs, Phoenix Smokers and 93PC. Once again, a fantastic broadcast by the team at FGM Ecast. Uh, so make sure you tune in this coming Tuesday. Uh, be from 7.45 Australian Eastern Standard Time and you'll be able to catch the first round of season number five in the wildcard. And what better way to open up the season than the Dallara P217 
or Radical SR8 at Spa. I'm looking forward to it. And thanks for that, Tim. And well done on a very good season in the amateur section of OzPass from last season. Well done indeed. Look forward to seeing more from you in the future. Um, I'm just trying to quickly check if there's any updates here. Um, have we got anything from them? Fast Cars with Roofs Discord? No, hasn't given us an update yet. So hopefully we'll get some of that uh, at the end of the show. But that's it, guys. That's all the results I have. Anything else you want to throw at? No? Cool. Let's go into what we're up to. So, Braden, are you going to be streaming tomorrow night's big race? I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to do it yet. I have been streaming a bit. I haven't been streaming racing. I don't know. I've just fallen out of the uh, the stress of trying to stream a race and actually uh, race as well. So I really should try and get back into doing some streaming uh, over on twitch.tv slash the1dwade. Uh, for some racing, but I've been playing some FIFA. I've been playing some. I haven't been playing some City Skylines, uh, but I'll definitely be playing some more of that at some point. So definitely come over and check out whatever I'm happening to be streaming at the time. Um, but it's been yeah a little bit of good fun playing some different games. And if you want to hear me talking about anything else, you can give me a follow on Twitter at Braden Talks. Sounds good. How about yourself, Michaela? Where can people find you and all the amazing Sunday Night Lights products that you bring to us? Well, Sunday Night Lights each Sunday night at uh, 9.15pm Australian Eastern Time, noting that uh, actually from this week, Daylight Saving kicks in, if I'm not mistaken, so we'll be oh, yeah, it does suit. an hour, okay. I don't know, an hour different, What I'm terrible at that stuff, so we'll be an yeah. hour different wherever you are, I don't know. Um, uh, but anyway, nine. it'll be 9.15 Australian Eastern Daylight Savings Time as of this week, wherever that is, wherever that puts you, wherever you are in the world. Top Split TV on Twitch, and of course Top Split, uh, the Top Split on YouTube is where you find all the race replays and everything. And our Top Split Discord is um, uh, where you find all results and and all that sort of stuff. So that's sort of what I'm doing. I'm like a bit like you, Brad. I used to stream a lot of my racing. Every time I was racing, I was typically streaming. Since I went to to VR though, I I don't know. I don't enjoy. Uh, watching a VR stream as much as I do a, a standard stream. So yeah. I didn't kind of want to put that, that content out there. It's just not my preference. So, but um, having said that, I might do a bit more. I don't know if you ever watched, or you probably have actually, uh, any of Gal Kawabe's post-race uh, replay videos that he puts up. Yeah. He, <laughs> he, stra- he races in VR, saves the replays, and then puts them up after. Yeah. Uh, and, um, and I'm wondering if I might do a bit of that. Um, that would uh, because be cool. you don't. And I, I know yeah. for, for me as a viewer, I'd love to see and hear your perspective on, on how the race is and, and, you know, what kind of things you remember from the race. I definitely think that'd be interesting for a viewer. Yeah, I, I, I've done a couple of them in the past. Um, so maybe I'll think about doing that because I think it's really useful to see how people race and how they reflect on stuff because often in the cold light of day, you get a different perspective. So I'll think about doing that. Uh, I might save the replay this week and see if I remember and, and we'll see how we go. But otherwise, yep, yeah, I'll just do an Aussie car. I'm going to try and do a few officials uh, at Road America this week because it's a fun track and hopefully not too much of a bash em up derby if I can manage to stay at the front of the fields. But other than that, mate, just SNL this Sunday and Aussie car on Thursday. Sorry, that'll be good fun too. Yes, it will be. Uh, I myself, and you'll find me on Locked On Lads on Twitch, Locked On Lads on Facebook, Locked On Lads YT on YouTube. If my life settles down, which I doubt it will, 
Um, I will try and get back to the YouTube stuff, especially catch the podcast up on there. But as you said, I, I enjoy putting the races up there at some some way, shape, or form. So, uh, looking forward to that. Uh, also, you can get in our Discord, lockedonloads.com slash Discord. Uh, keep an eye out. I think the boys, we're all going to start playing New World, which is the new Hot Buzz thing that released probably 13 minutes ago, I think, if I'm, if I'm correct. Uh, also, I've got a review key here for Earth from Another Sun, so I'm going to try and check that out fairly soon, give you some thoughts on that. Um, we've also got yeah, some interviews that we're trying to line up at the moment, so... Uh, we will hopefully be hearing from uh, some big names fairly soon. We've got Mike from Scops is is lined up hopefully this this week. Uh, we've also got Jay Kennedy lined up, uh, David Haynes lined up. Uh, I'm not going to announce the other ones, but we've got some current fairly famous V8 Supercars E-Series drivers uh, in the works. So uh, that'll be pretty cool if that if that sort of comes together. Hopefully working on a few others as part from iRacing and a few other parts of the world. So, uh, yeah, look forward to the Season 2 coming back fairly soon for the Interviews podcast. Um, and that's probably about it. So thank you, guys. We have to try to work out Daylight Savings and how that affects us all later on. Uh, I know it's going to affect my Aussie car uh, big time because now races will start at 6.22 my time, not 7.22, which will be extremely hard for me to make um but i'll deal with that as when we can but thank you guys for talking to me this week good luck Braden, tomorrow night in your anscar debut <laughs> we'll see and we'll talk to you all next week have a good one guys <laughs> <laughs>